1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time on your live streaming radio and as well as your live streaming video, Facebook.com backslash DT, where you can watch simultaneously simulcast internet tv and radio getting out to you in obviously central and upstate new york all up and down the east coast our second home of the state of florida midwest west coast and even outside of the country i want to thank those of you that have watched and listened from spain and italy russia china canada mexico england and so on and so forth truly appreciate all the support that we've gotten inside of the charney's menswear and tuxedo studios 3150 erie boulevard east in Syracuse, New York. We're in the second hour of today's show and I'm very excited to have this gentleman back on the broadcast. That is Bob Casulo. Bob Casulo obviously spent some time here in Central and Upstate New York. He has been a coach that has been at all different levels of the sport of football and he knows the game. He doesn't pull any punches. He tells the truth. I love that. I appreciate that. That's all we want on the broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is to speak about what's going on in the world of Athletics and, and obviously collegiate athletics is looking to change drastically. So Bob and I will talk about that and so much more, including a, a something that we were talking about on the phone about how you know athletes have changed professionally as well. So with all of that being said, let's bring him on to the broadcast. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and and Bob, first and foremost, you're down, like I said, in the in the second home a wake up call. You're down in the state of Florida the weather i'm sure is beautiful just uh describe to me because it's it's sunny here in upstate new york and you know so the sun makes you feel good but it's obviously 50s 60s here what's what's life like down in florida
0: well you know i mean you interrupted my morning
1: whirlpool so (laughs) so that's a problem but uh
0: you know it's it's beautiful weather it's it's not terribly hot. It's in the, you know it gets up to about 84, 85, But uh, I live right on you know across the street from the ocean, so you always get a nice warm breeze. And uh, it's just life is good down here. It's uh, you know when you retire, this for me, this is what you want to do.
1: So I interrupted your morning whirlpool. Is that is that an every morning thing?
0: Every morning thing to get these old weary bones and this fat moving. You
1: know. <laughs> Well, it's. I mean, obviously, you get to you get to do. They get to have some fun. Do you have besides the morning whirlpool? Do you now in retirement? Do you have a system? Or, are are there certain things that you have to you have to do every day? Do you have kind of a a, a plan each day or no?
0: No, no. You know, once everybody gets back and there's start October is the month where everybody starts filtering back here. Then we start playing golf. We start playing cards. We start having our, our uh, cigar wine uh, evenings, and it's, it's it's retirement. It really is, and it's a great life. And you know, it's it, doing all the things for 38 years I never had a chance to do because I was always working. You know, like like everybody works. But when you retire, people say, "How do you go from fifth gear to first gear?" Yeah. I said, "You know what? It was very easy for me, but I can I can understand where people are." are you know are hesitant to retire because it is a change of life it really is but if you find some things you like to do and apply it you're good
1: so what do you like to do in retirement you said like playing cards and whatnot what what do you enjoy doing the most in retirement
0: well you know i have kind of perfected doing nothing and (laughs) my wife my wife said to me she says You know, what are you doing today? I said, nothing. She said, I thought you did that yesterday. I said, yeah, but I didn't finish. Nice. (laughs) So if you you keep that perspective going, you know, you you just, I'm not the type of person now that uh, I need to plan 24-7. There are guys in retirement like that, but you just go with the flow. You know, somebody says, hey, you want to play golf tomorrow? Okay. Somebody says you want to go to the beach tomorrow? Okay. You want to go out to dinner tonight? Okay. You know what I mean. So there's no, uh, there's no nothing
1: to tie you down. No, absolutely. And, and speaking here, Bob Casulo, enjoying some retirement and enjoying having some fun and, and relaxing down in the greats in the great state of Florida. Do you? I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt you yeah, Dan,
0: no. but one of the things I really enjoy doing is locking myself in on Saturdays and Sundays and watching what they now call college football and then pro football. And all by myself, the only person that even dares venture into the room is my wife because she understands how I am. And I just see some things that are just, wow. You, no wonder you talk show guys make a living because there's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what goes on on Saturdays and Sundays.
1: It's crazy. And I, and I want to open that doorway to you Bob and 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 like I said we were speaking a little bit off the air about it like you said that you referred to it as 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 professional football and what they now call you know college football and whatnot so what's what's on your mind what like you said us talk show hosts we have so much to talk about nowadays what what's on your mind what do you want to speak on what are you seeing as a as a former coach that has changed that is different because I know we started to have that conversation off the air as well. Well, the
0: biggest. First of all, college football and, and pro football are two entirely different games. They're, you know, they go under the umbrella of football, but they're two entirely different games. College football is basically flag football, where you got to bring the guy to the ground instead of taking flags out. And pro football, I like to watch because it still somewhat resembles the game of football the way I used to coach it the way I was a part of teams that played that way. Yeah. One of the biggest disappointments I see in, 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 in pro football right now is the way the players are reacting and acting. Um, you know, we mentioned off the air about there's been three instances this year in pro football where players have verbally, physically confronted a coach or the head coach. You know, in all my years of coaching, that never, you didn't even think of that. Yeah. It never happened. You know, and, and what happens is this here's my philosophy. We've become a, 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 you know, I'm okay, you're okay, society, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't get upset with them, you know, don't yell, don't scream, don't, don't, yada, yada, yada. Well, what happens is it's completely changed. Now the players are reacting and acting. The way coaches used to act and react. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I I think it was the owner from from the Houston Texans a couple years ago said the inmates are running the asylum. You know, I I don't want to say that that's happening, but it's starting to go in that direction. And, you know, the NBA is a lot worse than the NFL. But you start to see the players. And listen, I'm pro player. I am very pro player. And I know you want to get into the topic about paying college kids, and we'll get into that down the road. But I'm very pro player because without the players, you don't have the sport. right? So unless or until you understand that, okay, everything else is built off of the players playing. And the second thing is coaches coaching. And there used to be a marriage between coaches and players that quite frankly was behind closed doors okay now all of a sudden you got 47 different camera angles for replays okay you got social media everybody's got a cell phone with a video uh, lens on it and, and nothing is behind closed doors anymore Yeah. so what happened was things that were happening behind closed doors that nobody knew about That basically teams players and coaches okay police themselves yeah. now because of all this other crap okay? It's it's out there for everybody to see, and what happens is everybody judges. Yeah. So you got
1: problems. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, because everything is out there now and because we could see all of this, you know, the tape constantly gets played over and over and over again. You know, you're down in the state of Florida. <clears throat> We've seen Jalen Ramsey come to practice inside of a Brinks truck with someone with a megaphone announcing him and and this, that, and the other. On top of that, you know, you obviously the side. You see the sideline dispute, and him and, and, and Doug Marone having to be separated from each other. We have Telvin Smith down in Jacksonville, who didn't even tell allegedly the staff of the Jaguars that he wasn't going to play this year. He's on. He has three years left on his contracts, ten million a year, and he put on Instagram, "I have some family things going on. Probably not going to play football this year." and didn't bother to call anybody or say anything to anybody, allegedly, on the team itself. So, you know, when you see that just in Jacksonville that Kelvin Smith decided to take a year off, and Jalen Ramsey has been clear about the fact that he's upset, he's frustrated, you know, he's coming out in a Brink's truck. There was, I think in practice, he had he had taped money to his shoulder pads. I mean, how as a former coach, how would you deal with a player taping money to their shoulder pads, th- showing up in a Brink's truck, and then, you know, getting in your face on the sideline. H- how would you handle something like that? Well,
0: i I, I got to be honest with you, Dan. I don't know how to answer that because it never happened. You know, it didn't happen in, in – I mean, I've been out of it a few years now, but not that long. Yeah. But it, it just didn't happen. You know, that, that's the – players had gripes. You went to the proper authority, the general manager – the CEO, the COO, the finance guy, the head coach—you went to the—you you funneled your 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 complaint or your your concern—I shouldn't say complaint—you funneled your concern to the right person. Yeah. Think of the owners, Al Davis, who I have all the respect in the world for. I don't know if he could survive today. Okay, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you an example. Marcus um, Marcus Allen. Yeah. Okay? He wanted more money, and Al Davis said, "You got another year on your contract. When that's up, we'll talk money." No, I want more money now. If you remember, you remember what happened to Marcus Allen that year?
1: And he get traded. Sat on
0: the bench for yeah. the Oakland Raiders and never played a down. Was never, was never undressed. Yeah. You know, was was never put. Uh, you know, on the, uh, whatever they call the hold list. He was always active every single game, 16 games, and sat on the bench. And when the year was over, he left and went to Kansas City. Yeah, That was how Al Davis handled that. Okay? Now, I don't know if you – the owners today – and let me tell you something about Al Davis. If you had players for Al Davis, okay, don't ever put yourself in a position where you had to choose. You had to make somebody choose between you and the player because Al Davis would always – side with the player, okay? And, and and what you had to learn was you were hired to make it work. Yeah, That's the difference. You were hired to make it work, okay? And the players respected that, and you got the players' respect, and that's how we got them to play. You know, that's how you got them to perform. In Seattle, Mike Holmgren, you guys coach. You guys coach. Let me handle everything, okay? You guys coach. That's what we did. New York Jets, Herm Edwards. Herm was, those those years in, in the Jets, Herm spent his whole day in the locker room with the players. He said, I'll take care of the players. You guys coach. Yeah. It was great. It, it, that's the way it was supposed to be. If you had any issues, you went to Herm. Player or coach. And, and I don't think one coach ever went to Herm because we, we, we had a good thing going. But my point is, that, that's gone. That's gone. Who goes to the owners now? It ain't the coach that goes to the owner. It's the players. The players go to the owner, you know. And and and, and it's it's entirely different, Dan. And I, I don't have an answer. If you're asking me how I would handle it, I'm handling it. I'm going
1: to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm handling it I, cause, because because I, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. Right, and that and that seems to be you know such a such a difficult thing right now is is how how to navigate through this and and how to keep people happy. You know, the question that that has come through is, I mean, if coaches can sign contracts and renege on those contracts, you know, there's coaches that have, I mean, there's coaches that I know that sign an extension for three, four, five years. And within a couple months, we're on a different team. So, You know, the players look at this and say, okay, well, we're under contract for the next three years. But, you know, like Antonio Brown, he'll be under contract with the Steelers. And then he's like, yeah, I just signed a contract. I got an extension. I don't want to be here. Odell Beckham, I want money. I want my contract. I want to get an extension. I want the Giants to show that they care. They do. And he leaves and he goes to Cleveland. So, you know, do contracts mean anything anymore to coaches or players, I guess, is another conversation to have. And does this make it more difficult, you know, are are players responding and saying, you know, I went through college and my coaches changed. My coach said he was going to be there recruiting me. He left. This guy got fired. This guy got moved. So now I'm going to do what I want to do because I thought that your word mattered. And on top of your word, if your word didn't matter, I thought that when you sign a contract on a dotted line, there's this thing called the legal ramifications that if you go against your signature, you can be taken to court for that. But nowadays, it looks like your word doesn't matter. Your signature doesn't matter. If they tell you you're going to be on the team for four years, it doesn't mean you will. If I tell you that I'm going to sign Bob and I'm going to play for you for the next five years and and I decide two years in I don't want to be there anymore. I could just sit at home and watch TV. Uh, What do contracts mean anymore? What does your word mean anymore?
0: Well, again, Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to answer that the way I always answer these fireside chats we have. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: How many players? Okay. How many players are upset publicly, visually, media-wise with their contracts that are that that, that use the media? How many? Three. Four.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. How many players are in the NFL every year? Yes. Approximately, approximately, there's 53 on a team times 32 teams do the math. Yeah. Right? All right? You got a handful of guys, by the way, they happen to be wide receivers and defensive backs, which have always been the two most difficult positions to handle character-wise. Okay? You got a handful of players that the ESPNs of the world, Magnify it, because they beat it to death every single day. Yeah. How many wide receivers for the New
1: England Patriots are on media, ESPN, disgruntled? Right. How many? Right, zero.
0: Zero. Yeah, and what do the New England Patriots do every year?
1: They it's win the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: Okay, so the other 31 teams need to take—and I'm not a New England Patriot fan, believe me, okay— I just respect the organization. I respect the hell out of Bill Belichick and the organization. Because like, 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 like Nick Saban in Alabama, they got a system. They got a program. Nick Saban, who I work for, calls it a process. And guess what? You're a part of the process. Yeah. You don't uphold your end of the bar- bargain? Goodbye. Goodbye. You're out of here. Chandler Jones, who I love. Great kid. Great player. He made the Cardinal sin mistake when he was with New England of trying to negotiate a contract at the wrong time. There's a right time in New England to do it, and there's a wrong time. What happened to Chandler Jones? He got shipped to Arizona. He's a great player. He's probably the best defensive player Arizona's had for the last two or three years, okay? But they don't win jack. They win nothing, you know? So they banish you away. It's like the old days with the Yankees, okay? The Kansas City... Uh, A's in those days were basically the Yankees triple A team if they didn't like a player the Yankees sent him to Kansas City if Kansas City had a good player they went to the Yankees you know New England's got 31 triple A teams they get rid of the players they send them to somewhere else if you know what, if, if somebody takes a reject from the New England Patriots and I'm not saying Chandler Jones was a reject he was a good player that got caught up in contract prop issues okay, okay. But if a player doesn't make it with the New England Patriots, and they they see fit to get rid of them, you're going to be very very careful as to why you would take them or
1: want to take them. Right. You know. Right. Right, and, and that's and that's the thing that comes up, and and I guess that brings up the conversation of somebody who is uh, <laughs> interesting in and of himself, and and that would be uh, the one Antonio Brown where he doesn't want to play in the NFL. He wants to play in the NFL. Is it the Steelers? Is it him who's the problem? He's got three years left on his contract, but he doesn't want to be there anymore. He meets with the ownership and everything's okay. And then the next day it's not okay. And then he's in Oakland and he doesn't even play it down in Oakland. And then he gets shipped off to the Patriots. And then there's all this other stuff off the field going on. He's with the Patriots for a little while. Now he's gone. He says he's not playing in the NFL. Now he wants to play in the NFL. How do you handle who was arguably the best wide receiver in the country within the last few seasons? He's
0: a guy, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, first of all, he's a guy. Okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you, you you talk about the best wide receiver in the country, okay? The best wide receiver core in the NFL is with the New England Patriots. Name
1: them. Yeah. Julian so the Edelman, right Josh Gordon. I mean, it's guys that come so through. Here's,
0: but... here's the situation. You're talking about an elite group yeah. of combined athletes versus a pain in the neck. Is he? Let me tell you something. Antonio Brown, and I, I hate, I don't even want to talk about him, okay? But if you, for one minute, think that there's not collusion in the NFL, okay? Mention Colin Kaepernick and Ray Rice, okay? And now you can throw Antonio Brown into that group. If he ever plays in the NFL game again, I will buy you dinner at your local McDonald's of your choice.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right? But let me tell you something. You 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 take guys like that and it's arguably the best receiver. Come on, people. Are you kidding? On what team? For who? If you can't play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who that organization, they thrive they're the they're the they're the modern day Oakland Raiders. They thrive physical roots.
2: Yeah. They,
0: fought, they, thrive on, uh, uh, aggressiveness. they they thrive on aggressiveness. They thrive on, we're going to take the borderline character person and we're going to win with him. They got rid of him. How stupid can you be as another team to take him if the Pittsburgh Steelers got rid of him?
2: Yeah. Are you
0: kidding me? Come on. My point is, I don't think you're ever going to hear from him again except with guys like you in the media, bring it up. i wasted wasting people's time talking about, he, he's gone, he, he needs help. I feel sorry for the guy, I really do. I mean, someday he's going to wake up and look in the mirror and say, yeah. you mean to tell me I could have made $30 million? You know, so, something,
1: it's just preposterous. Next. <laughs> Speaking here with Bob who who is coached throughout the ranks, Of the world of football and, and and, yeah, I just thought of something pertaining to that. Yeah,
0: when I coached for the Oakland Raiders, okay, we had Jerry Rice and we had Tim Brown, among others, but those were the two premier receivers, okay? Yeah, they were gentlemen, they were the hardest working football players on the field in practice. Every time Jerry Rice caught a pass. No matter where we were on the field, he ran it to the end zone. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So John John Gruden knew that if you if Jerry caught the pass, get the next receiver to step in for the next play because he's gonna take it to the end zone. Well, guess what? Tim Brown started doing that. And guess what? In the locker room, there was no crap going on in the locker room because Tim Brown and Jerry Rice were the two best football players on that team, and that was it. You you didn't do, you, you, hey, shut up, do your job, that's it. Then you go over to the defense, you know, and you had Charles Woodson, you had, we had Rod Woodson for a while, you know, you had, you had uh, uh, Greg Beaker. We had guys in the defensive front was loaded with characters, but you know what? They all took care of each other and they wanted to win. And, 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 and Antonio Brown, to say he's the best, arguably, receiver today, You know, that's an insult to Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. That's an insult to those guys because that's their position. And and if that's what the best is today, that position needs help.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's where things stand is, you know, the conversation always comes up, you know, I said before the season even started with Jalen Ramsey and, and Calvin Smith because I'm in that locker room, because I've covered the team for 11 years on site, on location, in some way, shape, or form. That you could see what Jalen was doing. You could see the virus was spreading, and that when he got more comfortable and he said more things and he did more things and he put his hand in the cookie jar and his hand wasn't slapped, that Telvin Smith got more comfortable. And then Marcel Darius got more comfortable, and then things started happening. So, Jalen and Telvin, I said going into this year, I said, trade them. And some people said, I get your point. You know, they're a nuisance. They're really, really talented, but. You know, how much talent are you willing to take for the fact that your locker room is all over the place and there's there's no control and, and there's no leadership? And then it got closer to the season. You can't trade him, Dan. Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the country. Telvin Smith is a freak athlete. And then what did Telvin do? He says he's sitting out on Instagram, Jalen Ramsey requests a trade. And I looked around the country and I said, okay, well, three, four, five, six months ago, I had this conversation with you and you told me they're too talented to let go of. And I told you that there's no amount of talent that can take over the fact that these gentlemen, as long as they're on this team, this team will never win a Super Bowl and they're not even going to get close. So with that being said, you know, when you see that, like you, like we talked about Antonio Brown and whatnot, I guess as a coach, you know, I, I follow this conversation before we jump into collegiate athletics with, if if you know that somebody is a problem, because I get asked this all the time, you know, Dan, why would you get rid of a good player? I said, because. Are they a good player, and are they good to my community? Are they a good player? Are they are they coming to practice? Are they doing what they need to do, or do they think there's a special set of rules for them? Telvin has a special set of rules. Jalen has a special set of rules. Look at what it's become of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team was knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. Last year, they barely won a couple games. So when I say trade them, it's that attitude that they have in that locker room pulls weight. How, how do you look at that? How do you handle that? If somebody comes up to you and says, Bob, you got the top wide receiver, the top DB, the top defensive lineman, why'd you trade them all away? And you say, well, there's character flaws. Do you back that up? How do you look at that? Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've, you, <laughs> I've never been in a position to make those decisions,
0: you know. Um, and again, at the times they are a changing, as the song says. You know, in in, in in the days when I was the teams I coached for, those issues, again, were handled in-house. Yeah. Okay? In fact, as an assistant coach, you may not have even known there were situations arising because it was handled in-house behind closed doors. Okay? So, it's difficult for me to answer the question. Like I tell my wife, she says, why don't they just get rid of them? Because there's probably fifteen. I don't know how much. I don't even know who this Calvin Smith guy is that you're talking about, but he sounds like a disrupting force. Okay. Now you know ownership and coaching. You got to make a decision. Do we want this this disruption in our locker room? How much is he worth to us to cause all that, or do we need to somehow find a way to release him or get rid of him? Yeah. But the bottom line is, a guy like L. Davis going back to him, he's saying. Find a way to make it work because I'm paying them a lot of money, okay? But but that's why I said I don't don't know about Al Davis today because in those days social media was just starting to come through. It wasn't a big thing, you know. You you start. I, I I can't imagine a guy in the Oakland Raiders locker room coming into the locker room with money taped to his body or shoulder pads. I I just can't. That that that. Boom. I can't comprehend that unless it's Halloween and, you know, that's his get up for trick or treating that night. Yeah. But other than that, that didn't happen. That don't happen. All that stuff handles behind closed doors. And while it's going on behind closed doors, you were expected to go out and play. And when you didn't want to play, Al Davis sat your ass on the bench for an entire 16 game season. Arguably the best running back in the NFL sat on the bench the whole year, okay? Yeah. So the times are changing. and I don't know how to answer the question. I, like I said, I'm going to take a whirlpool when we're done. I don't
2: really care. <laughs> That's somebody else's problem.
1: Uh, coming from Bob Casulo here this here this morning with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios to get to the collegiate side of things uh, we look at where things currently stand right now LSU and and Ed Ogeron who has ties back to Central New York and Syracuse as well his team is six and after a victory over Florida they have jumped to the top three top two in the AP Alabama's undefeated Clemson Ohio State Oklahoma Wisconsin. Penn State, Boise State, Baylor, SMU, Minnesota, by the way, and, and Appalachian State as well, uh, SMU undefeated, or, or uh, pardon me, SMU 6-0 and for the first time in 37 years back to 1982 before they had the death penalty given to their program. You, you said you lock yourself Saturday and Sunday, you lock yourself in, you're watching football. What are you seeing collegially on the field right now with so many undefeated teams still and the fact that the SEC is 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 uh, eating each other a little bit right now but there's there's a lot going around around the country the American the ACC the SEC the the Big Ten undefeateds all over the place and and just what your take has been from some of the things that you've seen through the first few weeks here
0: okay here's how I'm going to answer that question okay the top, the top four teams in the country, in my opinion, are Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, and Oklahoma, okay? Yeah. You take those four teams out. Let's say those four teams weren't in existence. The rest of the 121 or 22 football teams, there's a lot of parity. There would be an emergence of top 10 teams, okay? Okay? Yeah, Clemson is not a top four team. They're a top 10 team. I would like to see Wisconsin play Clemson and just run over their asses like a steamroller because Clemson is the most overrated team in the country right now, okay? Next, Notre Dame, second most overrated team in the country, okay? And I'm not even putting Michigan in the top ten, but my point is this. take In in that list you just read to me, who's ranked number 16? Can you figure that out quick? Michigan. Okay, here's here's my point. If you had a sixteen team playoff, which would be four games, all right, four games. Take these championship games out because they're nothing more than money makers for the league. Okay,
2: play an eleven game schedule in your conference. Okay. Yeah.
0: Take, and then have a sixteen game playoff, sixteen team playoff, which would be four games for the winner. Okay? Yeah. And you now, if you're telling me Michigan's number 16 and Alabama's number one, okay, what's the spread on that game? Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe because of because Michigan can't score this year, but normally, if Michigan's 16, you're playing Alabama, that's about an eight nine point spread. Who's two? Who's 15?
1: Two right now is, uh, depending on the polls, two in the AP is LSU. It's Clemson in the coaches. And then 15 is Texas on both sides. Okay.
0: Is that an 8-9 point game? My point is, yeah. this 14 playoff, the only people that are happy is ESPN because they just beat it to death. Clemson, Alabama. Look, you're going to have down years. Clemson's having a down year. Here's the problem. Okay? Here's the problem. There's nobody else in the ACC, yeah. So they're going to be undefeated. Okay, you can book that for social purposes only. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. You, that's a shame. Right now, if you had a Final Four, okay, and <laughs> you want to talk about jokes, you have a Final Four, but you have five Power Five leagues.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Go figure that out. Yeah. Uh-huh? <laughs> <laughs> how how brilliant I don't want to say stupid because you're not supposed to call people stupid how brilliant is to have a final four with a five team league yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah so so <laughs> <laughs> come on mm-hmm. you know so it's it's flawed to begin with yeah. now let's say you know there's got to be two SEC teams in there because there's nobody else that's any good there could also be if Oklahoma loses a game, and Wisconsin and Ohio State and LSU and Alabama, you can have a Final Four from two leagues yeah. out of five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's a joke. It's made for ESPNs in the world. This whole thing is made for ESPNs in the world. It has nothing to do with what Earl Edwards said. That's why you play the games. Okay. Well, if you don't have the games, you ain't playing them. So, you know, they, ESPN, if it's up to ESPN, they pick the Final Four in August. You can play the whole season, but here's our Final Four at the end of the year. Screw whatever happens during the year. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of NCAA college football the way it is right now. I, I, I think it's a sad state of affairs. And instead of improving things, they keep adding problems, paying the players, uh, um, they keep adding problems. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just look, look right now. I'd like to see SMU play Clemson. Hi, okay, if, yeah. if they don't make the top four, all right, put Clemson and SMU in the Cotton Bowl. Let's say the Cotton Bowl is not a you're not involved this year. Put Clemson and SMU in that game. That'd be a hell of a game, you know? Or or, or, or I, I I just. Or Oregon, put Oregon against Clemson, but there's too many paper championships being done, and that's that's not the way it's supposed to be. And and then you got five leagues to have a four team playoff, of which there could only be two or three because the rest ain't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, well, it's a that's joke,
0: Dan. It's a joke.
1: Well, that's the thing about the college football playoff, <laughs> and you kind of said it in other terms when you said. You know ESPN will make it in August and and, and book it, and that's what it's going to be. I've said it along the lines of, "This is your college football playoff every year." Alabama, probably Clemson, another AC, uh, another SEC team, and then the open spot, which is oh, wow. some, t- which is yeah, which could be Ohio State, which could be Washington, which could you know depending on the year it could be Oklahoma. So, but that's really, I mean, the Pac-12 has a case here that they get no respect. The Big 12 has a case here. They don't
0: have any... They have Oregon. Right. Okay? Washington's 500. Right. You know, so... The, the, you you, you want to have these leagues. You want to have these conferences. Okay? And then you bitch about not getting respect. Well, win the league. Yeah. And then, then, but then you still got a problem because then suits and ties are making the decision behind closed doors because if Oregon was undefeated... Do they go to the Do they go to the NCAA playoffs
2: versus a,
0: a one-loss LSU? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So some guys in suits and ties are making that decision, but it's 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 chaos. It's it's you know, last Saturday, Dan, the 12 noon game was Oklahoma and Texas.
2: Yeah. Okay? Yeah.
0: I watched Temple and Memphis. I did too. It was one of the best games I saw all year. I did you see. talk about two teams, that's what 90% of college football is Memphis's, Temple's, Pittsburgh's, Indiana's, Boise State's. That's 90% of college football. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, Oklahoma, Texas turned out to be a good game. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm trying to make a point here that there's a lot of good football teams that ain't great. The majority of college football teams are good. They're not great. You know, Syracuse gets hammered by Clemson, but really will be within three points or seven points of every other opponent on their schedule, using them as an example. Pittsburgh, same thing. North Carolina State, same thing. Duke, same thing. Virginia, same thing. On and on and on. You go to their, you you, you know, you go, to any of these leagues, and you take the top two out. Yeah. Some leagues, you take the top one out. And <laughs> yeah. everything else is even Steven. You know? And, and like, like, Baylor playing Texas Tech. Okay? It's a hell of a game. means nothing. It yeah. means absolutely nothing, but it's a hell of a
2: football game. A lot of scoring, right down to the wall. I think it was Texas Tech and Baylor. Yeah. And, um, yeah.
0: And, um you know, so, my point is, you got a good product and you're ruining it because of ESPNs in the world that just want to talk. How about the Heisman Trophy thing? Yeah. Okay? I stopped watching the Heisman Trophy when McCafferty was a junior at Stanford about four or five years ago. He was by far and away the best total football player in the country. Yeah. Okay, I think he finished third or fourth. Now, fast forward to the NFL. Of all the, the, the three or four guys that were ahead of him, including him, who's the best all-around player in the NFL right now? McCaffrey Not often. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't even. He didn't have a chance. ESPN. It was probably some quarterback, I'm sure. Yeah. Because the Heisman Trophy is nothing more than a quarterback trophy. You know? Now it once in a while yeah. they throwing, throwing an Alabama running back that probably you and I can run behind that line yeah. and get a thousand yards. <laughs> but it's all come down to ESPN and media, guys like you and I love you, okay? But there's there's it's it's no longer it's no longer Herm Edwards. That's why we play the games. It ain't that way. It don't matter, you
2: know?
0: Yeah. I, I just it's I don't know. I watch it because I love football. But I'll tell you it's 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 tough to watch, boy. It's tough to watch.
1: No, it is. And and you go back and, and you brought up a a lot of good points, Bob, and and one of them is to go to Clemson and the funny thing about saying Clemson has a down year cuz I don't disagree with you. You know, they barely beat North Carolina. Mac Brown's doing something crazy over there because Larry Fedora had had nothing but unsuccess in the last couple of years. And I like Larry, but things just weren't working out in North Carolina. And Mac Brown comes in, things start to shake up and move well. Clemson barely wins the game. And it's not because they came back against North Carolina. It's because Clemson it's because North Carolina went for two to win the game and they didn't get the two point conversion. Or else it would have won 21 21 more than likely overtime. And then we'll see what happens. So that's a game that Clemson can't even hang in, you know, hang on their hat. FSU's down this year. Clemson has played one ranked team this season in Texas A&M. They will not play a ranked team for the rest of the season if things hold up. They're at Louisville, BC, and Wofford at home, at NC State, Wake at home, at South Carolina. So Clemson is ranked in the top in the country. They're six and zero. Yet they will play one ranked team this year, and Texas A&M isn't that good. They're considered third in the AP, two in the Coaches Poll which I don't agree with. Like you said, there's nobody else in the ACC right now that's going to contest them. But Clemson's schedule, if this was Temple, it would be a joke. If this you know, if, if this was Memphis, if this was UCF that people want to bash all the time, they'll say you played one ranked school and you got nobody in your conference that's ranked. You're not even going to be considered for a New Year's Six, let alone the college football playoff. Well, Clemson's playing that type of schedule this year And they might end the season twelve and zero or eleven and one, but it's not a good schedule, and it's not the best Clemson team. So, to your point, just to build on that point, you know, Clemson could make the college football playoff, but for what reason? Well,
0: I'm gonna, you know, Dan, you make good points, and I agree with everything you just said. Except I got one concern. Yeah. Everything you just said about Clemson, okay? Yeah. What about? Notre Dame. They don't have to play anybody.
1: Yeah, well, I said they're that not last even year. In
0: the league. Yeah, and I... they go to the, and they go to the Final Four. Yeah, they're not even in the league. So the whole thing, Dan, and again, I get. I mean, I, I don't talk about it that much, but I get tired of seeing people talking about it and reading about it. It's a joke. The whole thing's a scam. It's a scam. Put Clemson versus Notre Dame in the Pecan Bowl in Hawaii. Let those two this year. Last year, Clemson was a great team. Yeah. But that was then, and this is now. They're not a great team this year. But th- but because of the competition they have, it's true no fault of their own. They're in the ACC, and they're doing what they're supposed to do: win every game. So yeah. my answer to your question is: if they do get in the Final Four, whoever they play in the first game, I'm betting on that team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, how I was. That's, that's how but I was with Notre Dame.
0: You're like, yeah, it's exactly right. When Notre Dame gets in the Final Four, I'm betting on the other team. Yeah, You're, they don't belong there. <laughs> they don't belong there. You do you know. And again, I feel bad for the Wisconsins, the LSU, uh, a Boise State, UCF. Yeah. this This year's SMU. I feel bad for those teams because these kids they're playing their asses off every week. Okay, and somebody at ESPN is making all the decisions. And down the road, this is what happens. So it doesn't matter. Put Boise Boise State against Notre Dame. Notre Dame people would be furious. <laughs> Notre Dame would they be calling up everybody in the world. We ain't playing this game. You don't, you don't put us on the field with Boise State. That's beneath us. Yeah. That's beneath us. And Boise State would kick their butts. Okay? But you know what? That's just me talking. You know, and I don't know much about this SMU team, but it took them 31 years to get back. So that should be a lesson to teams like Miami and Florida State that were on top of the heat and then all of a sudden, okay, the plug was pulled, the water went down the drain, and it's going to take them a while to get back. It's going to take them a while to get back, too. Because, you know, they've been, they've been uh, scrutinized, and then they've been penalized, so they're in that, they're in that Back burner list, you know what I mean. And I'll tell you what: the ACC will never be good again until Miami and FSC, FSU compete with Clemson and, and, and anybody else. But Miami and FSU are really the two that have the quickest chance of competing with them. Okay, and the rest of the teams are all even. You know, you know, right now, if the ACC was playing a championship game, you know, who Clemson would be playing.
1: Yeah, they would be. If they played right now, it would yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because it was supposed to be Virginia, but yeah, Duke technically is at the top right now. Yeah. Duke! Yeah.
0: So you got Duke playing Clemson. Now, let me tell you something. One of the best coaches in the country is the guy at Duke, and my brain is.
1: David Cutcliffe. Kettle. Yeah, David Cutcliffe. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, let me take. Let me, let's get back to another topic. Dave Gettleman, the GM for the Giants, who I know very well. Yeah. And I think he's a sharp guy. Okay? He takes Daniel Jones over everybody else as the quarterback for the Giants. And all they did was the media, the media, the experts. They just threw gasoline on the fire. That that idiot Francesca, I think is his name from New York, won't go to Giants, won't talk to the Giants. The Giants won't, he just criticized them constantly. Right now, okay, who's one of the better Drafted quarterbacks from last year, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and, and 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 instead of giving the Giants credit for seeing this, okay, for figuring this out in the draft room and then drafting him, all they've done is criticize the Giants. The kid for um, here's the Washington Redskins? Okay, they're, they're they're playing with Peter Paul and Mary at quarterback. If they got the first pick quarterback sitting on the bench and they won't put him in well how the hell is he going to get better (laughs) okay and and, and as Al davis would say to the coaches what do you mean he's not ready what the hell are you for yeah you you see how this works dan yeah you see how it's and it's all changed you 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 take what's his name haskins
1: yeah dwayne haskins yeah
0: so ohio state Okay? And everybody in the New York media is up in arms because the Giants passed on him and took Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is playing every down of football. He's supplanted a guy that's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Alright? And, and he's doing a, he's doing a good job. Not a great job. He's doing a good job. You anyway, know, the other guy ain't, I can't see the field because he's not ready. Well, whose fault is it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it's... it's I don't know. I, I get frustrated because I'm a firm believer in what Herm Edwards says. That's why you play the games, and when you play the games, you play the guy, the right players. You put them in position to win, okay? And that's why you play. Yeah. And it, it's 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 a shame. It's a shame what's happening.
1: Yeah, you know, and and, and it is. It's it's obviously like you said, you know, and I got to a point where, you know, there's the Power Five, which was a media designation. It's not even, it's not even, you know, something that was created, it was created by the media. The Autonomous Five is is the legislative thing. The Autonomous Five, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big Ten, the SEC, and the ACC. But Power Five was just a designation. And it was funny because somebody had gone to ESPN that, that I know pretty well and and they said that they sat down one of the coaches sat down and said why do you call it or why do you call it the power five and he said the guy was sitting there at ESPN he looked around the room and he was like I don't really know I mean it's just something that 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 we said and it stuck and he's like yeah but You know, you got the American Athletic. You got a Power Six. You know, you got Cincinnati ranked. You got SMU ranked. You got Tulane that's just outside of the rankings. Memphis has been ranked. You got UCF and everything that they've done. Temple's played spoiler to a bunch of teams. They played Notre Dame tough. They've beat Penn State. They've taken down two ranked teams this year. So you know, why are you saying it? It's like, well, that's just what we've gotten used to. So you know, and and the the other piece to go along with that is Notre Dame will always be in the conversation, not because of what they do year to year but because of their history. Alabama because Nick Saban. Clemson because they're supposed to be good. I say Alabama's the only team in the country that can lose two games and get in the college football playoff. They're the only team in the country that could sit out their FCC championship game and watch Auburn play Georgia, and then Auburn gets bounced out. After Auburn beats Georgia and Auburn beats Alabama, Auburn goes to a bowl game on a, a New Year's Six bowl game and Alabama and Georgia go in after Alabama didn't even play in the championship game just to show people how much Alabama has clout and Alabama is going to get what they want. So, you know, it's like it, it it is. It's corrupt, it's wrong, it doesn't make any sense. But to get to the point of the American Athletic, and like you said, you watched the Memphis Temple game. I did too, because I know the coaches. I know Rod Carey of, of Temple. I know Mike Norvell of Memphis. I've known him for a while. I have covered the American since its institution when it was becoming not the Big East and trying to even find its logo at the time. I've been with, you know, Mike Oresco, their commissioner, the whole way through. So there are teams like SMU and Tulane and Navy's better this year. And I mean, you look at the league and. Memphis is one game away from being bowl eligible. Navy's two, Tulane's one, SMU already is. Cincinnati's one away, Temple's one away, UCF is right there. You know, these are teams that are good, that don't get a lot of publicity, and when the ESPNs of the world are being asked why, their response is, well, I don't know. So I I just, I, I get to a point where I'm saying, should the group of five break away completely, and form their own playoff, if, if if you come from the American and you're never going to get in the college football playoff, then why, why even be a part of it anymore? Why not just take the group of five, make your own playoff system, and go through that? Because they're literally telling, without telling you directly, they're telling you directly, Cincinnati, UCF, Temple, SMU, Tulane, Navy, Memphis, you will never make the college football playoff. So then what's the point of the whole college football playoff in general if these teams are never going to have a shot?
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's my point, too. You know, you know, and, you know it, it's, they're never going to have a shot. They're never going to have a shot, you know. So, but what, what, what a lot of teams are doing is, you know, the, they're selling their souls to the, to the great financial thing. I mean, you look at Rutgers, you look at Maryland in the, in the, uh, in the Big Ten, that's a joke. That's a joke. You know, and it's just, Dan, it's discouraging because, uh, you know, it's it's it, it is what it is, and it's it's all run by ESPN and the media. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you can argue with me till the cows come home. Yeah. Okay. It's all run by the. It's all run by the TV networks. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's because I don't know because why, but I'm telling you, if you're a football fan, a true football fan. And I consider myself to be that. You enjoy the Memphis and the Temples. Yeah. You enjoy the Texas Techs and the Baylor's. You enjoy the Syracuse and the Pittsburghs. You enjoy the, the uh, uh, I don't know the Boise States and and, and uh, Utah. I mean, it, it's just because otherwise you do what I do. Bet on Alabama every week, and you can take your wife out to dinner every week because
1: <laughs> yeah, <it's been>
0: <laughs>
1: absolutely. And, and and a final point here. Bob, and I know that it's it'll open a, a giant doorway, but I do want to get to this point, and I know that we had spoken about it. The, the, the California Senate Bill 206, fair pay for play, saying that players that play collegiate athletics should be paid for their name, image, and likeness. Secondary part is they should be able to hire an agent. Last week, I read the entire bill on the show. People can go back to our archives uh, for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can obviously uh, search just to let you all know really quick here. You can go to MixLR, where you're listening live right now, has the feed, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, YouTube, iTunes podcast, the RSS feed. And you can listen in to what the bill actually says because I find that the media is only going to tell you the parts that they want to say or they're going to paraphrase. I thought it was important to read the entire bill, which we did, which you people don't know. It involves junior colleges as well, and the, want and the desire for JUCO to get involved, as well as NCAA division, you know, one through three and whatnot. So fair pay for play is there. California has passed this legislation. It's going to take effect January 1st, 2023. Florida has decided they want to pass legislation. They got two bills out there. They want to get everything passed by 2020. They want to beat California. Kentucky's looking at it, Pennsylvania, New York, so on and so forth. New York wants to pass even feistier legislation and say, name, image, and likeness, plus you can hire an agent, plus the players get 15% of the ticket sales for each ticketed event that involves their sport at the university. Thoughts on where we're heading right now? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let me tell you something. Okay. And I, I listened to your show before I got on. Yeah. And I made a bunch of notes, and I don't know how much time we got, okay. But but let me tell you something: if you think, or anybody thinks, okay, that the universities, okay, yeah, are going to split profits with the players, I don't care how you divvy it up—ten percent, fifteen percent, one percent—they're not going to. That know. ain't happening,
1: Dan. Yeah. yeah.
0: That ain't happening. Okay, you can book that. All right. The only way they're going to support income for players is from outside sources, okay? And here's what I mean by outside sources: if you're a uh, if you're a good football player, okay, signing with agents, I don't have a problem with that. That Has nothing to do with anything. Okay, sign with an agent, and you're a good football player, and the agent gets you a contract with Nike. That's fine. Yeah, Nike's paying you to wear their shoes. That's great. That has nothing to do with the university. Okay? Yeah. If you have an agent and the agent gets you to sign with Chick-fil-A and you go on and do a TV commercial and you're eating Chick-fil-A, that's has nothing to do with the university. It has nothing to do with you as a football player. Yeah. Now, if you're an average football player and a regular football player, okay, you, you want to work at the local pizza shop, deliver pizzas on your free time. Perfect. You make three, four hundred dollars a month, okay? It's had nothing to do with the university, but you're making money. What what my point is this? Don't dictate that the university is gonna designate ex- they ain't ever doing that, Dan. They're not gonna do that. Are you kidding me? How does a place like Temple give ticket sales at Temple? Yeah. I mean I mean, use your own key, Syracuse. Wait, what at thirty thousand? They average a game? Now you're going to take fifteen percent of that and give it to the players. Give me a break! That ain't happening. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. So, you know, if you if you're going to do outside income, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Now you have to here. Here you are, the greatest misnomer of all time. You are now a student athlete, (laughs) which is a, a misnomer. You are an athlete student. I say that all the time. Me too. Now, if you want to add to that an employee of an outside service, okay, that's your business. You still have to maintain your academic standard. You still have to maintain your part of the football team or basketball team or baseball team or whatever. Okay? And what this does is with outside income, it eliminates the university's profits. We're not just talking football. You're talking women's volleyball. You're talking men's and women's swimming. Yeah. You're talking cross. You're talking anything. Okay? But if you open it up to outside income, the university's is no sweat off the university's back. We're not sharing sure anything with you. You want to go ahead. You want to be a, the best cross country runner in the world. Okay? And you get an agent and that agent signs you up with Puma shoes or Nike shoes. God bless you. That's great. That's nothing to do with the university. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how you're going to pay the athletes, in my
1: humble, vociferous opinion. Well, you know, and, and I agree with you that, I mean, I know New York is is trying to be on top of this even more because, and I say, if, you, if you're if you going to change anything about society, then, you know, it comes through New York and California. I said, let's be, I, if you run for president and you get California, New York, and Florida, you pretty much won the election. So, you know, with California passing this saying, this is what we want. It made sense for me to see New York go a little bit farther, try and push the term a little bit more. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that whether or not it's right to do and whether or not like Mike Robinson made a good point, you're coming to see us, we should get some of that money. There's no way in hell that I will ever see Syracuse share money with their players from the ticket sales. So, you know, it's just like when I come here on the show and people say, Dan, if they, if they switch from zone and they played man-to-man in the last two minutes, could Syracuse have won? The answer could be yes, but the caveat to that is the reality that Beheim's never going to switch out of it, so we could talk about it till the cows come home, but it's not going to happen. So whether it's right or wrong, it's not going to happen, and whether it's right or wrong, universities are not going to share ticket sale money with the players because, like you said, if they're going to get money and they can get it off of you know, going out there and getting sponsorships, that's one thing. But then there's the university selling a number 13 jersey right now at Syracuse, and we all know it's Tommy DeVito. Tommy's Tommy's not going to see a cent from the number 13 jersey ever. And if he doesn't make it in the NFL, then the NCAA made money, the ACC made money, Syracuse made money, the community made money, business owners made money, and he's never going to make money. So then that's his excuse. Maybe college is the only time for me to do it. But then you're saying, okay, well, then go down the street to the local Honda dealership and have them say, you know, Tommy DeVito endorses, you know, our Honda dealership, things that, you know, we're the greatest thing. If you want to throw that touchdown, come to Honda. So, you know, if they do that, if they're an independent contractor, then like you said, they make money. The university doesn't get involved. We know there's greed with universities. We know the NCAA is not going to share any money. But now that California has passed this bill, and no matter what we say, are we seeing, you know, the, the, the ultimate change in the eventual evaporation of the NCAA? Because a year or two ago, I made the comment that five to 10 years from that point, if the NCAA even existed, it would not be what we think, what, what it is now. It would be a shell of itself. So I said, either it's not going to exist or it's going to look completely different. The autonomous five conferences, Autonomy, by definition, means self-government. They could leave at any given time. Does does the now California bill and the Autonomous Five making that declaration legally, are we seeing moves that are made and steps that are made to essentially kill the NCAA? Because it, it, it doesn't look like the NCAA is going to have much control over what happens from here.
0: Damn. He is... The NCAA. Do you
1: know? I want to hear your answer. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> so, I know, and, and, I, I know, I know what it's supposed you know to be. Yeah. University presidents. Yeah.
0: That's the NCAA. Yeah. The NCAA is a reactionary group of a half dozen people. Okay. Yeah. That respond. Inquiries made by universities. It's the university presidents. There isn't, I ask people this all the time. Tell me who the NCAA people are. Is it Dan Tortora? Is it Bob Cazzulo? Is it Joe Burns? Is it Jimmy Schmidt? Yeah. Is it Tommy Wanamaker? Who's name me NCAA people? It's the university presidents. They can leave at any time they want. They just haven't figured it out yet, okay? And the problem is, if you leave, all right, and you form your own, let's say, 64-team super conference for college football, okay, who's going to wake up and tell the other 60 teams you ain't in it?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, you know, I I heard you say, that the NCAA is a not for profit. Another joke. Yeah. What's the what's the only not the only, but what's the other largest entity in the United States that's non profit? Churches. <laughs> <laughs> so churches in the NCAA have the same thing in common. They're non profit. Yeah. Okay? Here's another problem you got. You talk about amateur status, NCAA amateur status. Yeah. Okay? College athletes getting paid, however you want to do it. What happened to the Olympics, Dan?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay? Yeah. What happened to the Olympics? Now what's happening in the Olympics? The women's soccer team, and rightfully so, the way the rules are structured right now, wants to give equal pay yeah. to the men's soccer. Okay? Or well, we're not going to go to the Olympics. I don't blame them. They're only playing the cards that have been dealt. Right. But It's a snowball going downhill, Dan, that nobody really has the answer to. Nobody really wants to answer it. So, consequently, what they do is they stay with the status quo. And that's what we're stuck with a Final Four basketball, you know, I mean, a Final Four football, you know what I mean? A 68 team basketball, which is comical. And then you watch ESPN the whole month of March. February, they talk about the four playing teams. It's sickening when all you gotta do, okay? What's two times sixty-four? One hundred twenty-eight. Put yeah. one hundred twenty-eight teams in the basketball playoffs. It's one game, man.
2: Yeah. It's
0: one game, and it gets you to what? Sixty-four. Instead of doing that, ESPN says, no, 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 no. Put four in, and we can beat it to death. For a <laughs> and a half.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 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 all predicated on media money and, and it's and again, I'm just one voice, and I'm sure people will be slamming me on some of my opinions, but that's okay, because I'm going down and take a whirlpool when we're done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you get to that and let you relax with it, but Bob Casulo here with us. Speaking on so many different things, open up so many doorways, every single piece, minute detail of our conversation is could turn into a two hour show. And Bob, that's why I appreciate having you on here and, and I, I appreciate again the fact that you are are real with it, that you tell your thoughts, you tell what's going on and and you see it how you see it and, and you're comfortable to say those things because we have to have those conversations. And I've sat down with the commissioner of the ACC, John Swafford, multiple times. We just did it this past Tuesday and a week ago today. And we did it a, a year or so ago where I said your autonomy Yeah. Okay. So you are, you're an autonomous group. Yep. Okay. So you as the commissioner meets with the other commissioners. Okay. So autonomy means self-government. So you basically put the NCAA on alert that at any given time, you five conferences can leave and you hold all the power because if the NCAA loses you, they got nothing. Right. Okay. So did you ever think about losing or did you ever think about leaving? What's the response? you know, it's it's something in the back of our minds. We haven't crossed that bridge yet, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. A year or two later, last week, have the conversation. Do you think about leaving? Oh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's an eventuality. It's something that's going to happen. It's something that's going to come. But we talk about this stuff on the show because I like to see things that are happening. And instead of being part of the world that sees that there's a fire and doesn't put it out, I grab the extinguisher to get prepared for that because I would like to live to see another day. So, Bob, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. To,
0: to, to embellish what you just said,
1: okay? Yeah.
0: Suppose, supposing a guy like Jerry Jones says, okay, hey, I want to see Alabama-Ohio State in a championship game in my stadium, okay? And I don't care about the NCAA Final Four and NCAA playoffs. I'm offering Alabama and Ohio State fifteen million dollars each team, okay? Yeah. To bring back to their conference to play what I consider to be the championship game in my stadium. What does the NCAA have to do? What do they say to that? How do they prevent that?
1: Right. Right. And as they know, so, yeah, I get so it. that
0: tells you right now, the NCAA is, is, is only what it is because it's not challenged. <laughs> Okay, it's the university presence. What are university presidents going to say? Okay, Alabama and Ohio State. If you go play that game, we're throwing you out of the NCAA. And I could just see Nick Saban. I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy at Ohio State, but I could just see Nick Saban going in the bathroom and looking in the mirror and saying, "Did they just say that to me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on!" Because they got know? all the power. And and but yeah. the, that's but that's where it is right now. And that's that's the reality of it all. Is it's all corrupt and it's been crumbling for years, but what who's going to make that first move to leave because if Alabama says, you know what I think we're gonna go do something else then you know that that's when that's when that giant tidal wave hits the NCAA and eventually knocks it out but that's where we're at right now and California is pushing that term by making the NCAA make a decision so damn yeah be
0: very careful when you say follow California's leads. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> because if, if California led, okay, and I'm not getting into politics, yeah. but if you follow California's lead, Bernie Sanders and, 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 and Hillary Clinton would be running this country right now. But California on one coast, New York on the other coast, but everything else in between is a whole world different,
1: brother. And, no, it is. And, uh, and I'm just saying, now that California has pushed that term, like I said, if you want anything to change, get California or New York to endorse it, and eventually they'll push everybody else to do it. So well, Okay. <laughs> We're all entitled to our opinion. No, no, but what I'm I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying I'm saying once one of California or New York speaks up, then other people eventually have to do things they don't want to do, which is why I, I love New York. I love it, love it, love it but I also love my great state of Florida. And I love the fact that you could take a whirlpool and I can go to Disney. So that being said, we'll find our peace. And, uh, and Bob is always, I I appreciate it. I appreciate your opinions and your time. And I, and I always look forward to talking with you. Thank you. All right. Take care. That coming once again from Bob Casulo here on the show. Yeah. And let me be clear. I am never saying that I agree with Cal, what California is doing. And sometimes I might, and sometimes I might not, but yeah, no. My point is that California is going to do whatever they want to do. But once California and New York make a decision in this country, then eventually it's a domino effect of them either making other people make that decision or, you know, pushing for that. Because it, I said, look at the electoral college. You win New York, you win California, when you win Florida, all of a sudden, oh my God, you're going to be the president of the United States. So if you want to make a change, you go to California. You go to New York, you push to make that change and not whether it's right or not. And I think that no matter what happens from here, California passed a bill and they passed it pretty easily. And with passing that bill, they're going to change things. And the NCAA is already corrupt. So the NCAA has to figure out what's going on, but the NCAA has its own problems. And then the schools have to figure it out. And then there's some schools that are barely getting by. And then there's some schools that are making millions upon millions upon billions of dollars. And Alabama's going to survive probably no matter what. But could, uh, could St. John survive? Could Boise survive? Those are the questions. And as Bob said, there's a whole lot of questions right now. Not a whole lot of answers. Let's take a step, step aside for a fast break. We'll be back right after this with the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company.